0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 1,385. This week on Cars Yeah! We're celebrating the inaugural Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. It takes place on October 11th through the 13th in 2019 at the Westin Hotel and Chattanooga's West Village. Learn more at com.
1: The main thing is just to be true to yourself.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. In addition to Premier plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Chattanooga, Jim Pace. Hey, Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am all set and ready
0: to go, Mark. All right. You're always ready to go. Jim Pace is the co-founder of the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, an inaugural event that joins Byron DeFore's 50 plus racing foundation in bringing this fundraising event to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Jim is a professional race car driver who has competed since 1987. He's earned wins as the overall winner and GT winner in the Rolex 24-hour of Daytona and at the 12-hours of Sebring. Jim's a sports car series champion in the International Motorsports Association, known as IMSA, GTU-Class. He is recognized as a top driver having race formula, prototype, GT, and vintage cars, around the world, including Spa in Belgium and Germany's Nuremberg Circuits. He is also a driving instructor, a racing coach, and an adventure consultant. As a principal in historic sports car racing since 2015, Jim has been a race advisor for the Classic 24-hour at Daytona and Classic 12 at Sebring. Wow, Jim, I have told our listeners just a little bit about your career and your life. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about that career and your passion for racing automobiles?
1: Well, Mark, it's all about the passion. You know, like so many people from a very early age, I wanted to go fast. I wanted to race, whether it was a tricycle or a bicycle. And then, you know, the the faster the wheels turn and the more power behind it, the more I was into it. And somewhere along the way, back in the the mid-80s, I said either do something about it or stop talking because your friends are tired of hearing you talk about cars. I left what I was doing, and I went to a racing school. And as they say, you know, they changed my life. And I've just been, uh, you know, very fortunate to be around good people and uh, be able to to jump through the hoop, as it were, when opportunities came around. And over time, you 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 have to wear a lot of hats. You're an advisor. You, you know, sometimes you're booking the hotel rooms, and sometimes you're taking the checkered flag at Daytona. But you have to do all of those things to be successful in the, in the automotive business and racing is is one of those. It's tough work, but perseverance is probably the key to you have to do what you have to do to make it happen and and over the time the cars have changed, the technology's changed, but uh, we're we're here working on the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, which is going to bring that same level of passion of racing and classic cars and and enthusiasts and bring them all together and uh, and raise money for a good cause. So once again, I'm I'm just proud to be associated with an outstanding group of people to put on a good program.
0: Yeah, I think this is pretty cool. Um, I'm helping this uh, inaugural event by having five guests on this week, and you're leading the pack, as you always do, Jim, so you're in a good place on the track here at Cars yeah this week uh, to promote this event. Judy Stropas, who's a past guest here on Cars yeah, She's helping align me with some great people, including you. Shout out to Judy for what she's doing. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun here this week. As we continue, though, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking in here on Cars. Yeah. So, Jim, take the wheel.
1: Well, you know, I, I was going to say we all have something better. You know, that a mom and dad said or that a grandparent said or something along, along those lines. The main thing is just to be true to yourself. When I first went to my dad and told him I was leaving medical school to go drive a race car, he he sat down and looked at me real serious. You know, he, he told me two things. He said, you know, man should do two things. And the first thing is he should love the mother of his children. That's tough. And then, uh, and then he said, he, "If he has children, he needs to find out what those children want to do, and he needs to help them do it." And he said, "It sounds like you need to go racing." And I went racing, and i have not forgotten that. I wasn't sure if they were going to, you know, tie me to a tie me to a log and float me down the <laughs> river. Or yeah. what. but um, but he sat there very patiently and very lovingly and said, "It sounds like you need to go
0: racing." I can't imagine uh, what led up to that conversation because. Uh, yeah, I'm going to quit school and go racing, Dad, especially medical school. It's like, what? But you know what? You have a very, very wise father, obviously. He saw the passion. He knew what you needed to do, and you had to try that because the worst thing is going through life and thinking woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, if I had only. Nobody wants to wake up one morning and go, man, if I just maybe tried, I wouldn't know if I'd made it. So, wow, very insightful.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I can remember at the time saying, you know, I don't want to wake up one day being 40 and thinking woulda, coulda, shoulda. Of course, at the time, 40 seemed like an eternity. And, of course, now 40 40, 40 was a blink of an eye later. But uh, there there was a point there when my dad actually came to the racing school. And I have a photo of my dad with Emerson Fittipaldi. This was right after Fittipaldi won the Indy 500. So there's my dad and Indy 500 winner Emerson Fittipaldi you know, and uh, in racing suits and their racing Formula Fords around Sebring. And I thought, you know, that's that's a worthwhile photo right there, Dad. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Well, it's a fantastic story. It's what Cars Yeah is all about. You know, when I started this, I wanted to inspire other people by talking to inspiring automotive enthusiasts that we can prove together that, you know what, if you want to go do something, it's possible. And you're my guest number 1,385. So I've had that many people that have figured out that secret sauce to life. Hasn't been easy for everybody. Some people have hit some walls along the way. Some people have had to change course. But you know what? Uh, life is short. Life is fleeting. And you need to do what you love to do. So kudos to you. And kudos to your parents for supporting you. I think that's fantastic. You know, you talked about being a little kid wanting to go fast, even on a tricycle. I think sometimes it's just in people's DNA. Some people are uncomfortable going fast and others have to do it. Would you share a story that instigated this passion you have for racing? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew, I've got to be a race car driver?
1: You know, actually there is, and it it sounds like a movie, but I was about four years old. A friend of the family, a racer, Charlie Kemp, who was a very good friend. And at the time, this was about 60 or 65, Charlie Kemp did the same thing. He he told his dad he was getting out of the, the family business, and he was going to go racing, which was, for someone in South Mississippi, was a strange, strange conversation, And and Charlie had been doing business with my dad, and so he came to see my dad in about 1964 in an E-type Jaguar. It was probably the only one in Mississippi in 1964, but Charlie and my dad both you know, six foot four gentlemen, those two guys crunched down into an E-type Jaguar and and little JP is sitting in that Jag. So three people in an E-type Jag and we go zooming down some country backroads there in Lawrence County, Mississippi. And it changed my life. I thought, this is what I want to do. You know, the sound of that Jaguar screaming and we got to a little tight turn and you know on the brakes and and i just thought this was i mean this was an e-ticket ride at disney before disney even existed came back and i followed charlie kemp's you know racing mustangs and and uh, can am cars and 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 uh, to this date we are we're still very good friends and years later i had him come to daytona as my guest when i was as my first part there with the historic racing so it all comes full circle but it goes back to an exciting ride for a young kid in a really cool car. So that's when it happened, Is Charlie Kemp, 1964, in a Jaguar.
0: Thank you, Charlie. You know, you and I share something here, Jim. The Jaguar XKE, the E-Type, is what did it for me, too. My dad had a friend. My dad had a 49 MGTC, but he had a friend with an E-Type. And I remember him bringing it over, and we got to go for a ride. And my dad bought me my first Matchbox by Lesney, which I still have. it sitting here in front of me on my desk. It's a red Jaguar E-Type Coupe, and uh, that's what started it for me. Probably that, that T-Series, though, being a little kid riding in that car, not as fast and sleek as a Jaguar, but uh, open top and uh, just kind of instilled that passion for the air in your face and, and going fast. But I love that story. That's pretty cool, especially two very tall men uh, sliding down into that very small car because those things are not very big, <laughs> that's for sure. They've got a long front end, though.
1: All I remember was, a you know, was a shiny, a shiny dashboard, that little machine dash of the yep. early cars. Oh, yeah. but, you know, all I remember was a hood that seemed like it went on forever. And I remember the Man. how the hood, you know, the whole bonnet tilted forward. I mean, it was just it was so exotic. And I fell in love. And then years later, uh, when I was able, my first real, uh, you know, classic car, you guessed it, a 67, you know, E-Type. <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, I think it was Enzo Ferrari that said that was the most beautiful car he'd ever seen, Uh, which is something for for Enzo to say something, because for him, it was only about Ferrari. But uh, yeah, they were unique. I mean, you think about the time when that car came out. I mean, it was very, very exotic, something very, very wild and crazy. So beautiful E-types. Well, let's take a look at the many roads and tracks you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. You picked a career that is fraught with ups and downs, challenges. One weekend you're a winner, the next weekend maybe not. Uh but take us down a path, maybe one of those very valuable learning lessons in your career that helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward.
1: Well, it was it's all about being in the right place at the right time. There's so many people. So many racers that that want to to make it happen, and it's and um you know it's who so you know, and it and then it's being in a lucky spot. There are plenty of people that that have all of the right connections, and it still doesn't happen. And uh, you know, and I I was fortunate enough that I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know you know, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> therefore I just kept I just kept swinging for the fence because I had no yeah. idea. There was along the along the way in the early nineties that I had. Had some success at Daytona and Sebring and and uh, you know w- winning a lot of races and everything and then I got a chance to drive for the um, uh, Lightsingers up in uh, State College. I got a chance to, to drive for Lightsingers for Nissan. We won the championship. You know, I got a new car from Nissan, and I mean, it life was life was just really rolling in. And I thought this is going to be great. You know, I can't wait for the next year. And and unfortunately, the next year like i said you you can be a champion one year, and then next week you're looking for a job and The following year was nineteen ninety five and I had nothing i literally i drove a different car every week i mean i drove you know I drove a Mazda one week, I drove a Buick the next week, I drove a Chevrolet the next- i mean I was just I was going to the track with my helmet I was leading the point standing among a bunch of heavy hitters. I wouldn't take no for an answer, and I was so frustrated that this wasn't happening. And at one point the car I was driving and the and my teammate the car broke in the morning warm up. So here we are. I'm 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 in the top 5 in the nation for the points and I don't even have a car and the team owner literally went and bought a car off the back of a truck. I'm not I remember all the names oh specifically but, but he yeah. bought the car off the back of the truck and so we could make this race it was in Nova Scotia. I'd never been in the car. The car hadn't been out of the trailer probably for three months. You know, it's one of those where you always take the spare with you. And I start at the back of the grid, never been in the car, and, you know, no radio, no setup, no idea about the gear ratios, no nothing. Just wow. literally took the, took the spare and put it in the air. And I went out, and this was a uh, one of Jim Downing's kudzu chassis with a big Lozano V8 in it. The thing was a rocket ship. It probably was not legal. It probably wouldn't have passed tech, but I went storming through there, and I am wheel to wheel with the Riley and Scotts and with the uh, 333 Ferraris, and this thing was outstanding for my first tank of gas. And I said, I'll run it till it stumbles, and when it stumbles, I'm coming in, and when I come in, give me some more gas. That was our strategy. <laughs> yeah. and, wow. You know, we, we wound up finishing the fifth out of that event, which kept me in the points. But I was so disappointed. I just felt so bad. And what I learned a year later, when I got a factory drive for Bob Riley for the Riley and Scott, when we won Daytona, we won Sebring, we won the championship, we went to Le Mans. All of these things. The story that I to- that I heard that they told me was, "You got this job because we saw what you did last year in a car that you knew nothing about. You knew nothing about this car. You didn't have anything and and." To me, what was the absolute end of the road, the bottom of the barrel? I can't believe, you know, I can't believe the racing gods are are frowning on me yet again. As sometimes that happens, but that low point in my mind was actually the audition for something that happened years later that truly made a huge difference. That that was a win at Daytona. That was a win at Sebring. That was a factory drive at Le Mans. That was, you know, that changed everything. So you never know how to read the tea leaves, but that was literally went from the, from what was, uh, what well, what I thought was just almost insurmountable to, you know, that's what got you the job. And had I been there with the best team already, and you know, and run around and finish, you know, second or third, it's like, well, you should have, you know, you had the best car, you had the best team, you had the best setup, you know, you got a you got a multi million dollar budget, you're supposed to beat us, but but to beat those guys on a shoestring, they they hired me.
0: Wow, you know, I've got goosebumps right now hearing this story because it's such a valuable lesson for anybody in any career path. Is you just and it's the age old never ever ever give up. Just keep trying. And the fact that that determination and grit that you uh, you shared with everybody at the track that day got you where you got to the next time, and you would have never imagined that was happening at the moment right i mean even for the people that were watching you probably didn't really realize it was happening till afterwards. going wow look what he did we need to talk to this young man
1: it's all of that there's there's no one key component you know the, the the key the multiple components where the team owner i was with believed in me and he went the extra yard that guy's got a car on his trailer let's go get that car and yeah, he came I'm down and the, and, the, and the mechanics that were there, I had known for, for years from driving other cars with other teams. And I'm, I'll go to those guys and go, you know, nut and bolt as many things as you can and, you know, and bleed the brakes. Yeah. That's all the, Let's that's all the make time Make sure there's steel in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my know, gosh. We, you know, we don't know what gear ratios or we don't know what springs are on it. We don't know where the rev limiter is set. You know, I'm just going to get in it. And, Drive. you know, I'm going to get in it and go.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a story. Ah, fant! I love it. I love it. That's racing for sure. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. You talk about getting that E-Type Jaguar. Maybe that's the car you want to share here. But think about the first car you got or even the first race car you got in where you felt like, OK, this is real. And maybe share a moment about that ride.
1: You know, the, the, the first car I ever had and I, you know, the first car I ever had was a Willis Jeep. Uh, oh, I, was, okay. I I was I was you know when I was a kid like I said I always wanted to go so you know when I was about ten or twelve I would dream about finding a you know a, a surplus army jeep somewhere there was a guy in town and a veteran that that had an old World War II jeep and uh, he would you know he he would he would take me for a ride around town and and uh, you know I'd go by and we'd sit for hours and talk about this jeep and he would tell me what the switches did and. You know, what this strap was for and you know, this had an axe over here and had a fuel can there and I just thought they were <laughs> you know, it was it was rat patrol in in, in my own neighborhood. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And, I remember uh, that but, that T V show.
1: I love my, that T V show. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think I have the D V D collection right now. But uh, when I was thirteen I bought an old Jeep and you know, I grew up in the country, so you could do that. But I was thirteen, I bought a a, a surplus Jeep for uh, for seven hundred dollars i'd been cutting grass for 50 cents an hour for a couple of years to get it but i had a jeep it was a man it was a mess but it was my uh it was my shop project you know back when you talk shop class and that's uh, so so my my junior high shop project was to rebuild this jeep and by the time i was in the ninth grade i knew every nut and bolt i had changed its engine and transmission and you know, had a, had a shop there, and uh, my dad had said, you know, I'll buy you any manual that you want. You know, I'm not paying anybody to fix anything, but it, but I'll buy you the manual, and you can learn how to repair things. And I had a an, an old uh, another uh, D-Day veteran there in town that uh, had come back after after the war and been in charge of the local motor pool at the National Guard, and he knew. I mean anytime I had questions I could go out you know how do you rebuild an engine how do I how do I replace the synchronizers and the transmission all this kind of stuff and he was patient enough with a 14 and 15 year old kid that he taught me all this so literally I'm, I'm 15 years old and I know every nut and bolt on this Jeep I know every switch every wire and I just loved it it was a like I said it was a mess I had sandblasted it and painted it bright yellow. It looked like a Tonka toy, but, but That's I neat. loved it. And, and, you know, all these years later, I, um, you know, I, I still have, I don't have that one, but I have another, uh, you know, I have a couple of more old Jeeps and I, I love them. Um, That's cool. another, one of those, yeah, another one I of those, another one of those Info Ferrari quotes. I believe he said that the American army Jeep is the only, was America's first true sports car.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Absolutely. In a very funny way.
1: It makes forty miles an hour feel really, really fast.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah they do. And those old, those old things. Was there a vehicle you've sold? Kind of a seller's remorse story that you really wish you still had?
1: Uh, you know, I think everybody has that. You know, you go back and 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 think about it. For me, you know, I remind myself there was a reason I sold it. You know, either I needed the money or I got I got tired of it. Uh, you know, breaking down or, or whatever it was. So there was a reason I sold all all of them. But the the one. And I've had a bunch of bunch of old cars. The one that I would like to have back was my granddaddy's pickup truck. When I turned sixteen, my uh, for my sixteenth birthday, my granddaddy gave me his his work truck. He was at the time he was dying of lung cancer, but he he gave me his his truck, and it was as plain as you could get. I mean, I think the only option was a chrome front bumper. I mean, it was a working man's truck, six cylinder, three on the tree peg leg differential. I mean, it was just, it was the, it was the, the, it was not what a 16 year old kid wanted. You know, I wanted four wheel (laughs) drive and a three twenty (laughs) seven with a four barrel carburetor. I wanted positive traction with a 390 gear. I mean, you know, all of these things. And I had this plain simple vanilla brown wrapper Chevrolet truck and it just and it just broke my heart, you know, but, but uh, like, thank you so much. And I drove it and it would get stuck in wet grass with that open differential. But, but I, I love that truck. And, and eventually when I could, he passed away shortly after, but, but uh, I sold that truck and wound up buying, you know, another Jeep with a, you know, with a big V8 and, and headers and side exhaust and big fat tires and stuff. But uh, as time passes, I would love to have that. I'd love to have my granddaddy's yeah. truck back. That would yeah, just just no for doubt. the sentimental. Of course, just for of course. The
0: sentimental. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk about the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. You're a co-founder of this uh, new inaugural event. I would love for you to share with my listeners here what this event is all about. Why are you involved in it and what can people expect to enjoy when they attend?
1: Well, the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival came about from my uh, good friend Byron DeFore. I've known Byron through vintage racing for a little over 10 years now. And we would go around the uh, you know, the vintage racing circuit to fantastic events, Amelia Island or Pebble Beach. And uh, ran the uh, Le Mans Classic uh, several times and, and did a lot of vintage racing in Europe. So we would go to these fantastic locations and see fantastic cars. And look around, and and I would say, wow, look at there. There's a you know there's a short wheelbase, or there's a you know pontoon tester or here's the car that won the mall, and so and so. And Byron would look at it and say, why don't we do this in Chattanooga? And I'd think, well, you know, because they're not doing that in Chattanooga. And we would go to the next thing, and and with time, he's like, you know, Chattanooga has a wonderful downtown. It's got the riverfront. It's got the mountains. It's got beautiful scenic roads to drive around it's in the heart of the southeast and why don't we do it and so we started talking about it and like well you know this this might work and we went uh, and talked to the to the city you know to the mayor's office and the uh, Chattanooga Visitors Bureau and they go well you know what? that sounds pretty good we we might be able to do this and and one thing turned into another and before you know it we have approval from the mayor's office we got endorsements we got Volkswagen as a title sponsor obviously Volkswagen is very significant to Chattanooga. We have uh, Coca-Cola on board also. So, uh, you know, we, we look up a year later and the thing's got so much momentum. We have uh, Brian Redman as our grand marshal. We have uh, Wayne Carini and Donald Osborne. We have all of these people, you know, Linda Vaughn. We have all these people that say, I like what you're doing. I like the idea of uh, of a classic, you know, a motorsports festival that's raising money for a good cause. And we're, uh, you know, we're we're raising money for the Erlanger Neuroscience Institute. And the way we got to that point is racing with a, another vintage racer, um, Brian Johnson of ACDC, was a teammate with with Byron and myself racing prototypes in IMSA. And we were raising money for Alzheimer's. And one of the, as it turns out, one of the key research centers for Alzheimer's is here in uh, Chattanooga at Erlanger, and so we, we just kind of—I don't want to say—cut out the middleman and just went right to the right to the heart because that was in the backyard. And thought, you know, that this is for a good cause. This we've been raising money for Alzheimer's research, and so this just lets us deal directly with the uh, with Erlanger Neuroscience Institute to do that. And the event we wanted wheels turning. We wanted we wanted more than just a concord. and the idea was to was to I wanna hear engines revving, I wanna hear gears grinding, I wanna I want big V eight engines echoing off the buildings in downtown. And so we came up with a time trial that runs along the riverfront. It's about a mile and a half. And the city is like, Yeah, it sounds great. Perfect. You know, block it off, put up some barricades. You know, the police department is like, yeah, great. We we're we know how to control crowd control. We are accustomed to putting, you know, 20,000 people downtown from other events that they do here. So, I mean, it, it's all worked out. So we'll have a time trial covers from the pre-war uh, brass era cars up through some, uh, you know, modern supercars for uh, exhibition runs. And so you'll get to see it and hear it. We'll have uh, 50 cars down there. That will be, uh, you know, running along so people get to get up close. You get to see that. I think Bill Elliott's supposed to be here in and in a Boss Mustang. So, you know, Bill Elliott in a hot rod Ford running along the riverfront, you know, raising money for Erlanger. The only thing we need is an American flag flying in the background and a couple of old garwood, you know, wooden boats down the river. And oh, by the way, we do have that. We got the Antique Wooden Boat Association that will have a show for the, um, there in the local uh, marina, and they'll they'll cruise the river during lunch. So it's just you're going to be overwhelmed with the visual and the uh, and the and the audio the audio of that day is going to be pretty cool. And then we have a, a rally. We have a little fun rally that goes out through the countryside. So if you you don't have a Concours car and you don't have a time trial racer you know, bring what you have and, you know, bring the Mustang or the Porsche or the Jaguar or whatever. And let's, uh, we'll load it up in the morning and drive out through the countryside. There are a couple of local, uh, car collectors that are going to be hosting a, a stop on the rally. And then we'll come back in the evening and have a, have a little street party and, uh, and a fundraiser and give away some, uh, raise some cool prizes. So it's just going to be a great event. And, uh, it's, it's an, and it's an honor to work with such a good team that the four brothers have here uh, in Chattanooga. So that's what's going on right now. And, that's, of course, that's in addition to all the other things that, that I am fortunate enough to get to do with, with the vintage racing and, and uh, teaching racing schools. And, and just you know, every, like I say, every day I get up and go to work, I'm surrounded by people that want to be there. And that's, uh, that, that makes me a lucky man.
0: Well, it's just fantastic. It sounds absolutely spectacular. All those folks you mentioned have been guests here on Cars Out, yeah? Brian Redmond and uh, Linda Vaughn and Wayne Carini and Donna Osborne. I mean, uh, all those folks uh, I saw just uh, last week, uh, as we're recording this at the uh, car week down in Monterey. And so, uh, sounds like a fantastic event. I'll remind our listeners. Just go to www.chattanoogamotorcar.com. You can learn all about it. This event takes place October 11th, 12th, and 13th, 2019. Check it out. If you're going to be anywhere in that area, this is the place to be. So, Jim, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new ADS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit Edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's Edelbrock. at com. All right, we're back, Jim, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I want to get inside your head and see how you think about yourself. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, a race car, maybe a motorcycle, whatever, whatever you think you would be if you manifested into this uh, material object, what would Jim be and why?
1: You know, I think if I were, if I were manifest as an automobile, I would be an old Land Rover. Uh cool. you know, as I said earlier, I, I just have a uh, I've had a love affair with the old flat hood, Willis Jeeps for years and years and years. And the Land Rover, the early series Land Rover were based on the, you know, the parts available as those surplus Jeeps. The Land Rover was just a little more civilized, you know, to have to have doors and a roof and a window and a top and, and an overdrive. They're a little more civilized. And so uh, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, uh, that's probably me.
0: That's you. It that sounds like it. All right, we are entering the last lap. This is a place you've been many times. The white flags out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Land Rover throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received?
1: You know, it's uh, the, the race car is a metaphor for life, and I think that is if you're not going in the right direction, don't add power.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know that's one of the greatest. I'm going to write that one down. I like that <laughs> very nicely said.
1: On the racetrack, we call it understeer, and the uh, yeah. you know, and and in life, we call it bad choices. But uh, yes. I think that's the key.
0: I think so. That's perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: You know, I think you just have to always treat people like you're going to see them again. Mm. You know, but then the, the racing world does that. You know, you you just. You have to be careful about, I won't say burning bridges because that sounds intentional, but just realize you're going to see these people again somewhere, sometime. It it may be years and years later, but uh, it's a small community and and you're going to see them again and they're going to remember you from the past. So treat them like you're going to see them again.
0: Uh, You know what, Jim, you're a true Southern gentleman. Nicely said. I like that. The old golden rule. How about a resource? Is it one you have that you think our listeners would enjoy having as well?
1: You know, there's so many that are out there that are available. I mean, through technology, YouTube is fantastic. You know, that would that would be nobody would know what that word meant uh, ten years ago. But now, if you have a question for anything, you know, for for a while there, you just Google it. Uh, But YouTube has changed everything from just information available. I mean, there's so many times that you're in the garage working on something, you're trying to figure out how to take this out or how does this come out. You know, what's the sequence to and, you know, you YouTube it and boom, there you go. There's a guy taking the dash out of a 34 Lincoln KB. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah.
0: It's incredible. I, I've learned how to do so many things, even around the house, you know, fixing a dishwasher or uh, wiring cool. up something. It's just amazing. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. My son, when he was young, uh, we had an a older car for him and one of the turn signals went out. So I thought, oh, father-son bonding moment. I'll show you how to replace this bulb. And I was standing there and I'm looking at how do you get this lens out of this car? And I couldn't figure it out. He's standing behind me and he reaches around with his phone and goes, Dad, just watch this video. You know, he found it in five seconds while I was sitting there scratching my head trying to figure out how do I get this uh, cover off this lens cover out of this fender. So it's incredible. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be?
1: You know, I think if, if, if I had to do that, it was actually my would have been my father-in-law i never met him uh he Mm. died back in the in the 70s but he was from peru Uh, a man named uh chachi debos he was uh he was the mayor of lima back in the in the late 60s early 70s he when i looked through the cars he had he had a 250 short wheelbase that he bought new from enzo and, and he raced it in peru he had a had an Allard and, wow. uh, and and put a put a Hemi in it when the Hemi first came out in about fifty two. He ran this Daytona at Daytona in sixty four. He actually oh was gosh. the first. Uh, he was the first foreigner, if you will, to race NASCAR. He ran at the he ran at Daytona in fifty nine, the first year on the Speedway.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: I got a picture of him. You know the Peruvian. Racing, and he's right there. You know, he qualified right ahead of Richard Teddy and just behind uh, Robbie so I, I can't even remember Joe Weatherly, or, but he was in. He, literally, he was one of those characters that Burt Levy writes about in all of his novels. Oh yeah, and <laughs> he was he was just bigger than life. He was truly yeah. bigger than life. Oh my and, gosh. I, and I met the family. I was racing against the son, and I and I met the daughter. And I met that family, but I never had a chance to meet the man. But he was an entrepreneur. He was a family man. He was a successful businessman. He was passionate about cars. And when I look and see, you know, there he is with a 250 short wheelbase, new, you know, with a letter from Enzo. And then there he is with an Allard and, and and he, you know, with a 300 SL and all of those, a 906 Porsche. I mean, all of these cars. And he had the news, and there he is racing at Daytona in '59. I just think that would have been a wonderful man to talk to. And again, I've uh, I met the family, I met the sons, and I've heard all the stories. But that would be the man that I would sit down and listen to. Um, oh my Shachi, gosh, Shachi Devos out of Lima, Peru.
0: Shachi Devos. that's fantastic! Wow, what a story! Incredible life. You know, you mentioned uh, Bert Levy. Uh, shout out to him because he just released uh, his last open road book in an audiobook form, and he did it in a really cool way. Uh, it's kind of like an old fifties radio show with all these voices, and I got to be a voice in the book too, which is kind of cool. So uh, check that out uh, for you listeners that love Bert Levy. He's been on the guest on the show a couple times here, and this new audiobook he's released is worth getting. It is a hoot to listen to. As is Bert, of course, he's quite a character. Oh my gosh! Now, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've read that you've enjoyed?
1: You know, there there is, I, and I also would say I'm a huge fan of Bert. I've known Bert for, Bert for a long time, Bert Levy, and he will be here in Chattanooga. He will be here with his with his audio book. He'll be there, I believe, with Brian Redman and with uh, David Hobbs. So they're they're going to be here if, if you're close and you want to get the book and get it signed. You know, Bert loves to loves to sign books. Uh, For me personally, uh, one of my favorite books is, um, it's called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me. And um, (laughs) I remember there were two authors, I think maybe you can Google the book if you really want to enter, but it is, it's about life. You know, if you ever have, if you have to work for someone or you have people working for you, this is a fantastic book to read because it's all about the decisions that we make and then how we base follow-up decisions on on that point. You know, it kind of refers to we start out on a pyramid, and depending on which side we go down, we continue to go down that side because we have to justify the decisions that we made. And so, you know, we've all heard those situations, but it just addresses the, the reason that we do what we do. And rather than, than accept responsibility, we We complain about it, but, you know, but it wasn't my fault. So, yeah, it's called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me.
0: Fantastic book. Yeah, that book's by Carol Tavris and Elliot Aronson. It's a a really, really good book. And, you know, it's a good book to give to young people uh, so they don't end up on that path Uh, and they kind of uh, own up to what they're doing and realize what they're doing at the time. So I'm glad you mentioned that book. I think it's the first time that book's been mentioned on the show. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find a link to that book on Jim Pace's show notes page on the Carsia yeah website. Just go to com. type in Jim Pace, just like Pace Car, and that page will pop up and you can click that and it'll take you right to Amazon to buy. All right, Jim, we're up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, vintage race car, something fun for you to park in your garage. But there are a couple rules that make this game a little bit of a challenge. One is you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here, but I don't think that's a problem for you. The other is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you buy or if you allow me to buy you a very expensive car, you're going to be stuck with it. Uh, It's the only collector car, though, you can have in your garage. So you need to choose wisely because you're just going to have one toy to play with. So what can I buy you?
1: I don't even I don't have to think twice about that. There are many cars that I love, but for that car, it would be a Duesenberg It'd be a Duesenberg, dual Phaeton most likely, but a do a supercharged Duesenberg, S.J. Duesenberg of about thirty to thirty-two, no question. And I just I love the technology. I love you know the history of the the Duesenberg, uh, the uh, the brothers building race engines for Indianapolis. It was big, it was fancy, you know. It was the it was the you know the world's mightiest motor car mm-hmm. and uh, ninety miles an hour in second gear, you know and yeah. You don't have to go yeah. fast, but it's got it's got presence. And I would just oh. absolutely no question. No question. You can Sometimes my
0: my guests kind of throw me off with their answers because they're not what I think they're going to be. I can see why you love that car, but it's quite an interesting answer. I mean, just fantastic cars and having just come home from Car Week and Pebble Beach Lawn and seeing all the beautiful cars there. I, I, I can see why having Gotten to know you a little better here today and listening to your life and your stories. So uh, I, I've had nothing more pleasure than to go out and find you a 32 Duesenberg. I think that'll be fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jim, you have taken me on a great ride. I knew this would be a fun ride. I uh, really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey in this wonderful new Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Uh, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful Duesenberg? Uh,
1: you know, blue skies. That's my little mantra for all my friends is blue skies because life throws us all some curves. You know, everybody's got something. I don't care who you are. Everybody's got something that can get them down, but you just have to remember that for the most part, you keep looking up. It's blue skies. It's blue skies, even, even on a, even on a cloudy day above those clouds, it's still a blue sky. So yeah, I'm I all about it. blue skies.
0: <laughs> I like it. Great saying. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about this inaugural Chattanooga Motor Car Festival?
1: Well, you know, if you go to the website, ChattanoogaMotorCar.com, there should be, you know, there are plenty of questions there, entry forms, buy tickets, VIP tickets, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you can um, you can like us on Facebook. So. There love you go. To, love, love to get that out there, and hope just to, to see people here, and feel free to meet as you know to meet as many people as possible because we we love cars, we love getting together and talking about cars, and I love you know one of the things that's been so good for me working here in Chattanooga is meeting a whole new group of car people, and uh, you realize that the cars are the reason that we get together, but it's really the people that influence our lives.
0: You know what? You're exactly right. I'll encourage all you listeners to check it out. ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. This inaugural event takes place October 11th through the 13th. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, join Jim and all the other fantastic people at this event. I think it's going to be really beautiful. Chattanooga, what a beautiful place to go. If you've never been there, this is your excuse to go and enjoy it. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your many life experiences with the listeners. This has been really, really fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival.
1: Thanks very much, Mark. Great day.
0: You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me? On the CarGat yeah! TV show, it's a weekly visit to some of my past CarGat yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, CarGat yeah! TV is making its mark. CarGat yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, FiOS by Verizon, or you can stream it through lucas oil racing television online and they said i only had a face for podcasting thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun